Chapter Fourteen of Haste and Waste: The Young Pilot of Lake Champlain by Oliver Optic. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Fourteen, Captain Lawry. The bateau ran up to the steamer, and Ben made her fast at the forward gangway. Mister Sherwood still cheered, and the ladies continued to wave their handkerchiefs. "Won't you come on board?" said Lawry to the party. I shall, for one," replied Mr. Sherwood. "I'm afraid of her," added Miss Fanny. "There is nothing to fear, ladies. She is safe, and we are running her very slowly," continued the young pilot. "Lawry knows where the rocks are," said Mrs. Wilford, "and I'll warrant you there is no danger." With some misgivings, the ladies, who had suffered by the catastrophe when the Woodville was wrecked, Permitted themselves to be handed to the deck of the steamer. I congratulate you on your success, Lawry," said Mister Sherwood as he stepped on board after the ladies. "You have worked bravely and succeeded nobly," and he grasped the hand of the pilot. "Thank you, sir. I knew I could raise her if I had fair play. I don't know, but you are sick of your bargain, sir, in giving her to me. By no means, Captain Lawry." Replied the rich man, laughing. If the ladies succeed in overcoming their terror of steamboats, I suppose I can charter the boat for our party when we wish to use her. She's at your service always, sir," replied Lawry. "Oh, I shall take her on the same terms that others do. When I use her, I shall pay you. That wouldn't be fair, sir. I couldn't take any money from you for the use of her," added Lawry, blushing. "We will not talk about that now." When she is in condition for use, we will consider these questions. How did you find her this morning? Asked Mister Sherwood with a mischievous twinkle in his eye. We found the water all pumped out of her, and we didn't know what to make of it. Answered Lawry. All the visitors burst out laughing and heartily enjoyed the astonishment and confusion of the young pilot. I don't understand it," exclaimed Lawry. The fairies, knowing what a good boy you are, Lawry. Must have pumped her out for you," said Miss Fanny. "Perhaps they did." Mister Sherwood then explained what he had done the preceding night and the reason why he had done it. Ben Wilford, after fastening the ferry boat at the stern of the steamer, had come on deck and listened to the explanation. He saw in what manner his malice had been defeated, and he looked very much dissatisfied with himself and everybody on board. You were very kind, Mister Sherwood, to take so much trouble upon yourself," said Lawry. "It was no trouble at all. It was a great pleasure to me. But I don't understand how the steamer happened to be on the other side of the lake. I suppose the persons who bailed her out set her adrift. The casks were all knocked out from under the guards, and they are scattered all along the shore. Before my men left her last night, I went all over the boat to satisfy myself that everything was right. I examined the cables very carefully, and I am sure they were well stoppered at twelve o'clock when we went on shore. I fastened the cable myself, and I don't think she could have broken loose herself. Ben Wilford listened in sullen silence to this conversation, and his mother could hardly keep from crying. As she thought of the guilt of her oldest son, she was not willing to tell Lawry what his brother had done, 
fearful that his indignation would produce a quarrel where brotherly love should prevail she believed that ben had attempted while under the influence of liquor to sink the woodville and that he would not do such a thing in his sober senses neither lawry nor mr sherwood could explain in what manner the steamer had broken from her moorings and the oil casks been removed from their fastenings so they were obliged to drop the matter congratulating themselves upon the present safety of the boat we will go ashore with you captain lawry when you are ready said mr sherwood after the question had been disposed of in this unsatisfactory manner captain lawry sneered ben certainly he is the captain of the steamer isn't he laughed mr sherwood it sounds big for a boy growled ben he will make a good captain ben turned and walked away disgusted with the idea i'm ready sir said lawry where are you bound next captain lawry asked mr sherwood i'm going to fish up the anchors we lost and then to pick up the oil casks replied lawry where do you intend to keep your steamer i hadn't thought of that sir you will need a wharf we need one but i think we shall have to get along without one where would be a good place to have one the deepest water is just below the ferry landing we could get depth enough for this boat by running a pier out about forty feet ethan and i can build some kind of a wharf when we have time mr sherwood said no more about the matter and ben landed the visitors in the ferry boat the woodville then ran down to the goblins and towed the raft out to the spot where the anchors lay a boat grapnel was dragged over the spot the cables hooked and the anchors hauled up with the derrick on the raft from which they were transferred to the steamer having obtained these necessary appendages of the steamer they returned to the landing for the ferry boat in which they intended to load the oil casks and convey them to pointville ben was at the landing when she arrived and without any invitation stepped on board the ferry boat and thence to the steamer don't you want some help lawry asked ben yes we should be glad of all the help we can get replied lawry pleasantly well i'll help you we have a good deal of work to do today added the pilot i would like to get the boat on the ways at port henry tonight that can be done easy enough ben wilford seemed now to have adopted a conciliatory policy but it was evidently done for a purpose when the woodville reached the goblins he worked with good will in loading the ferry-boat which was towed over to pointville and her cargo discharged the casks which had drifted over to the eastern shore of the lake were then picked up and landed at the same place the man who had carted them down to the shore was engaged to convey them back to the barn of the oil speculator it was noon by the time this work was all accomplished and the woodville again crossed the lake and came to anchor in the deep water above the ferry landing as close to the shore as it was prudent for her to lie ethan banked his fires and the boys went on shore to dinner one at a time for after the experience of the preceding night they would not leave the steamer alone for a single moment after dinner mr sherwood who appeared to be as much interested in the little steamer as though she had not changed her ownership came on board again accompanied by the ladies it had before been decided that the carpets should be taken up the muslin curtains removed 
and such portions of the furniture and utensils as had been injured by the water should be conveyed on shore to be cleaned and put in proper order for use in this labor mr sherwood's party and mrs wilford assisted and by the middle of the afternoon everything had been removed ben wilford aided very zealously and his mother hopefully concluded that he was sorry for what he intended to do and wished to remove any suspicion of evil intentions on his part the woodville was now going down to port henry where the repairs on her hull were to be made and the pilot and engineer were to remain on board ben promised faithfully to run the ferry during lawry's absence and cheered by the party on the shore the woodville departed for her destination she ran at half speed but reached the port before sunset the next morning she went on the ways and her repairs commenced during that time ethan was constantly employed on the engine and when the steamer was restored to her native element there was not a suspicion of rust on the machinery lawry was also as busy as a bee all the time scrubbing the floors cleaning the paint and polishing the brasswork when the boat was ready to return to port rock she was in condition to receive her furniture she was launched early in the morning and ethan proceeded at once to get up steam both of the boys were in the highest state of expectancy and delight and when lawry struck the bell to start her he was hardly less excited than when he had done so for the first time after the water had been pumped out of her all the bunting was displayed at the bow and stern and the woodville now ploughed the lake at full speed her happy owner realized that she was good for ten miles an hour which for so diminutive a craft was more than he had a right to expect hello shouted lawry to himself as the steamer approached the ferry landing what's that in the deep water which the young pilot had indicated as the best place for a wharf a pier was in process of erection a score of bridge-builders were sawing hammering and chopping and mr sherwood stood in their midst watching their operations the structure was not complete but the mooring posts were set up so that the woodville could be made fast to them mr sherwood and the workmen gave three cheers as the steamer approached run her up here lawry shouted his wealthy friend ay ay sir you have taken this job out of my hands sir said lawry as he glanced at the wharf yes i thought i could do better than you could as your time will be fully occupied i think i should have found time enough to do what i intended but of course i couldn't have built any such wharf as this it is none too good but i ought to pay for it out of the money i may earn with the boat never mind that lawry added mr sherwood the young captain explained what had been done during his absence and informed his interested friend that the steamer was in condition to receive her furniture shall you have her ready for a trip by to-morrow asked mr sherwood yes sir because i have taken the liberty to engage her in your name for several parties you are very kind sir replied lawry have you fixed upon any price for her ethan and i were talking over the matter we shall need some help on board and that will cost money coal is pretty high up here on the lake well how much did you intend to charge for her by the day or the hour we thought about three dollars an hour replied lawry with much diffidence three dollars an hour 
you are too modest by half laughed mr sherwood make it five at least i told the parties i engaged for you that the price would be not less than fifty dollars a day i'm afraid i shall make money too fast at that rate added lawry no you won't it will cost a great deal of money to run the boat what do you pay your engineer i don't know sir we haven't made no bargain yet if ethan does a man's work you must pay him a man's wages i suppose he wants to make his fortune what do you think he ought to have asked lawry three dollars a day replied mr sherwood promptly i dare say ethan would not charge you half so much but that is about the wages of a man for running an engine in these times i am satisfied if that is fair wages though it is a great deal more than i ever made engineers get high wages then you want a fireman i can get a boy who will answer very well for a fireman i think not lawry you need a man of experience and judgment he can save his wages for you in coal the man whom i employed as a fireman is just the person and he is at the village now what must i pay him sir two dollars a day then your parties will want some dinner on board and you will need a cook and two stewards a woman to do the cooking and two girls to tend the table will answer your purpose you can obtain the three for about seven dollars a week but your passengers must pay extra for their meals and you need not charge the expenses of the steward's department to the boat if you expect to succeed lawry you must do your work well your boat must be safe and comfortable and your dinners nice and well served you will want two deckhands your expenses including coal oil for machinery and hands will be about twenty dollars a day if you add repairs of which steamboats are continually in need you will run it up to twenty-five dollars a day that will leave me a profit of twenty-five dollars a day added lawry delighted at the thought if you are employed every day it will but you cannot expect to do anything with parties for more than two months in the year i can get some towing to do and i may make something with passengers parties will pay best in july and august and perhaps part of september but you must be wide awake i intend to be i advise you to get up a handbill of your steamer announcing that she is to be let to parties by the day at all the large ports on the lake there are plenty of wealthy people spending the summer in this vicinity who would be glad to engage her even for a week at once will you write me a handbill mr sherwood yes and get it printed thank you sir the woodville is engaged to me for tomorrow added mr sherwood End of chapter 14